Good evening, everyone. Wonderful to have you here this evening. I'm Candice. I think some of you may know me. Um, I just want to wish you all the best for a beautiful and wonderful 2024. I hope you all had a wonderful Christmas with your family and loved ones and are all ready for um, a new year. Okay, so I'll be doing the Bible reading for you this evening. The Bible reading comes from the book of Romans, chapter 5. Uh, it's actually verses 1 to 11. I think it says 6 to 11, but it's actually 1 to 11. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person, one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since, therefore, we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God, through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. This is the word of God. Thank you, Candice, for that Bible reading. Good evening, church. It's a joy to be um, together this evening as I open for us God's word. It's always a privilege um, to bring God's word to, to his people. Um, we, I think it was last year that we dealt, um, or two years back, that we looked into, into Romans. Um, uh, for tonight, we are, we are looking at that passage, particularly focusing on verse 6 um, to, uh, to 11 there. Uh, but we look at the, the whole section uh, under the theme of how much more, which we, we started last week. Just before we get into tonight's message, um, just to remind you that this, the series that we're running, Anthems of the Age, we're going to be running it across all three services. So that's the 8 o'clock, 9.30, and evening service. And the idea behind the series is to look at a popular song from our culture and then see how, what message it, it, it brings to us and how the gospel story engages with, uh, with that message. So that's uh, anthems of the age. I think Black is starting us off uh, with Nkalakata next week, so I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to hear what that uh, is all about. Uh, but tonight we are doing how much more, uh, and you're going to help me 
I, I can say how much more, right? You guys are alive, amen? amen. How much more? Help me. How much more? Uh, we started last week uh, by looking at God and uh, his work in our lives and, uh, and that we can trust him uh, to continue working uh, in our lives when it comes to some of the things that we worry about, uh, particularly our possessions, our um, uh, the things that we worry, worry about. Tonight we're looking at uh, a topic of faith, faith in God, um, particularly lasting faith. How do we develop lasting faith uh, as we look at this God of how much, how much more? So I'm going to pray that God will help us uh, as we get into his word. So please bow your heads as our leaders. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gospel. We thank you that we can look to you, um, a God who is supreme, a God who is at work in the lives of, of uh, many of us, um, a God who uh, is with us, um, a God who empowers us by his spirit, as our passage says. And I do pray for the power of the spirit um, as we open God's word um, to be at work. Uh, in Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Um, lasting faith is uh, what we desire. Lasting faith is what we are talking about uh, this evening, particularly the question of how does one develop lasting faith, uh, especially as you look at the start of the year. Uh, perhaps you have a reading plan. Uh, you plan to uh, get into God's Word. Uh, you plan to just be a better Christian this year. Uh, you just want to make it um, as a believer uh, end uh, of 2024. How does how do you have lasting faith? Um, how do we, maybe 30 years from now, if God grants you those, um, those years, um, uh, how do you, what is it that you're going to put in place uh, for you to stand and say, I've been, th- I've been a Christian for over 30 years? Uh, that's such a beautiful thing to see some Christians within our midst, uh, within our faith community, uh, who have been Christian for, uh, for quite some time. I think many of us who become Christian want to continue as Christians, want a lasting faith. Uh, someone say lasting faith. How do you, how do you develop that, um, that lasting faith? Now, I just thought about uh, on, on a trivial level, we, we love things that, that last. We love to buy cars that last. Uh, so buy a VW Polo. Um, just um, free advice to you. If you want a car that lasts, there is a car that lasts. It runs cheap. Uh, back in the day before Facebook was there, there was this phone that used to last forever. Uh, what phone is that? 3310. Uh, that phone was built to last. Um, if I was a preacher with a suit, I would say, Bazalani, this year God wants you to have a 3310 kind of faith, <laughs> a faith uh, that lasts. Um, I brought an item with me uh, that was made, um, made to last. This was made, was built to last. I don't know how many of you, how many of you have this jersey? Uh, this jersey is the Bafana Bafana 2010 jersey. Now, if there was ever a piece of clothing that was made to last, it is this one. Um, I wore it when I was a size 28. I'm not going to reveal uh, <laughs> what size I am now. But this thing was built to last. I gymmed with it. I played soccer with it. But everything is still intact. Um, this was made to last. It, over, it, it outlived Nelson Mandela, uh, Queen Elizabeth, Steve Jobs. When this jersey 
uh, was made, I don't think Instagram was even there. It is built to last. Again, if I was a preacher, I would say, Bazalani, this year, God wants you to have a Bafana Bafana uh, t-shirt kind of faith. And you'd nod, amen, and amen. Uh, but the question is, how, how do we have that lasting faith, that faith that was built um, to last? Uh, because when you, when you look at it on a, a less funny level, on a more serious level, it is quite... Um, um, terrifying sometimes as you walk the Christian life, uh, that sometimes you look at your life, sometimes you look at the sin that is against you, and you think that, I, I, I wonder if one day I'm going to stand before the Lord, and the Lord would say to me, well done, good and faithful servant. Am I going to have lasting faith? Those are some of the things that we grapple with, isn't it, as we live the Christian life. We're scared that we're not going to make it. Uh, we're scared that some, someday people will discover that we are frauds. Some people, someday uh, people will discover the, uh, the kind of people that we are. Uh, and when we stand before God, uh, he will say, get away from me, uh, you doer of, of evil. We're scared that we will make it to the, the end. And often we struggle with uh, what uh, th- uh, systematic theologians call assurance. Uh, we don't have this deep assurance that we will make it. We will have a deep, lasting uh, faith. Uh, perhaps you are a 29-year-old, your name is Precious, and you are living in Midland, and those are the things that you are uh, battling with. Uh, the clock is ticking, uh, the biological clock is ticking. You want to get married soon, and it doesn't seem like that is happening. And the temptation, what is the temptation in 2024, Midrand, uh, is that sin will pull us in and will push us around. Uh, it will pull you in and say, just go on that app. I don't know, I've never been on that app um, uh, where you swipe. I don't know if you swipe right or left. Uh, but those who have been on it tell me that that, that is uh, just a recipe for disaster. Now, I'm not saying you cannot find love online. Uh, there are many people who have found love online. Um, but those who have been through the journey, and maybe you are precious, uh, you are struggling to uh, just, uh, just wrap your head around uh, the struggle of being alone and having all, all the money, having made it in your career, but lacking this one thing, which is somebody to share your life with. Those are real struggles, isn't it? Uh, As we live with those real struggles, we wonder uh, if we will make it till the end. Are we going to have a deep, lasting faith? Maybe you are your hand, you are in uh, your uh, 50th year, and when you were in your 20s, you struggled deep with with drugs, uh, and now you find yourself uh, just alone. Life has thrown you um, around, and you're just wondering if you'll let go of this, this urge to go back to that life. You want to numb something, some pain within you, and you are grappling with that. How are you going to have lasting faith? That is the question that we are going to encounter as we look at the assurance that Paul gives these Christians in Rome uh, as he writes uh, the letter to the Romans. What Paul is going to do is that he's going to look back and focus all the attention, not so much on you, your New Year's resolutions, your Bible reading plan, as good as it is, and I think you should have a Bible reading plan uh, this year. Uh, perhaps start reading the book of Revelation. Uh, we're going to dive into that later on. 
uh, this year. It is good to have a Bible reading plan, but he does not focus uh, the attention on, on us as Christians. Uh, for us to have lasting faith is not to look within, but it is to look to God. Uh, to look to the past and to look at what God has done, uh, to look at, to, towards the future and trust that he will continue to act and therefore have confidence in the present. And that is what Paul is going to do right here in, um, in Romans chapter 5. And now just to say that last week, when we looked at the gospel, uh, there was a rhetorical device um, that was used. That's just a, a way of speaking and making points to come across. Jesus was making an argument from the lesser to the greater. So if God can do something so small, he says um, in um, Jesus, uh, how much more can he do the greater thing? So that's what we saw last week. Uh, an argument or a statement uh, from lesser to greater. Uh, tonight we're going to see that Paul makes this statement from something greater that God has done to something less. Uh, I hope you are following me there. We're going to look at something great that God has done. And if God can do this thing that is great, how much more? Somebody help me and say, how much more? If, if I can do that. The big stuff, how much more can you do the small stuff in your life? And you're going to discover what he, what he, what he deems uh, is greater and what he deems uh, to be lesser. Uh, so we're going to see that God has done something great. Uh, and if he can do that, how much more will he do the lesser? But before we get into that, let us look at the context um, uh, of where we are. Have a look at verse 1. Uh, as Paul says, therefore, someone say, therefore. When, whenever there's a therefore in the Bible, you should ask yourself, what is the therefore? Therefore, uh, you guys are good students of the Bible. Uh, it means that there is some kind of a conclusion to what has been said before. Uh, so what has Paul been saying before? Well, if you jump over to uh, chapter 1, you'll see that he, he's writing to uh, the, the church in in Rome, and he's reminding them of the human condition. Uh, he's reminding them that humanity, before God, all of us are broken. All of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Uh, picture a court scene. Um, I'm not trying to make subliminal messages, but the current court scene that we are seeing is the international uh, court, uh, where the books are open, the facts are brought. Uh, picture you sitting there as the uh, or standing there as the accused, and the files are coming out, the files of your life. Um, picture your life this evening. If we were to just do a time lapse of your life this week, uh, would you be comfortable for us to play it on those monitors? Uh, I'm pretty sure many of us wouldn't be. In fact, all of us uh, wouldn't be happy uh, because all of us continually sin. And so before this court, uh, we will be deemed guilty. Um, and so Paul says that humanity is guilty, and the wrath of God is uh, poured out on uh, those who are ungodly. What is the, the wrath of God? He's handing them over um, to their own sinful desires. Uh, the wrath of God, the, this kind of handing over is um, often in Setswana, we say when a, when a child cries for a 
lehodi, a crow, just give it to them so that it would scratch them. Um, I know that's a brutal image, but it just, it just means that sometimes when somebody craves something that is not good for them, just hand it over to them so that they can see that it's going to be destructive to them. God in his wrath hands humanity over to its own evil desires. Um, and he hands them over, and you'll see that uh, as he hands them over to their sinful desires, as he hands humanity over, that we begin to behave in ways that are less and less humans to one another. Uh, So the wrath of God remains on us, and if this wrath remains on us, we are going to live all of eternity outside of the presence of God. That is bad news. Uh, But Paul continues to say, and he speaks to Gentiles who do not have the law, and he speaks to Jews who have the law, uh, who have all the codes, who have all the instructions for how to live a pleasing life before God. And he says all of them, uh, those who had the law didn't obey. Uh, Those who didn't have the law, uh, they had this deep conscience that would testify to them of what it means to live and to please uh, God. So both of them stand accused before, before God. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, uh, so Paul goes on to argue that in order for us to stand guiltless before this judge, uh, we need to be justified. We need somebody to take on our place. We need our sin to be dealt with. And he reminds us that Jesus is the one who is going to deal with our sin. And why does he deal with our sin? He deals with our sin at the cross. Um, Since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody say, we have peace with God. We have this peace with God, and this peace frees us from the death of sin, from the death that sin brings, from the destruction of sin. Uh, Peace is not so much the end of our beef with God. Okay, so Paul says, you, you have beef with God. Um, you don't have, you're not in the right standing with, with God. Uh, peace is not just, it is the ending of our war with God, but it is also a relationship that is going to be restored between God and his people. So it's one thing to fight with your spouse or your friend. It's one thing to, to, to resolve the situation uh, and there's always that awkward, awkward um, moment after you've resolved the situation. But it's another thing to sit and love with that person again, isn't it? Uh, and that is what peace is. It's not only the absence of war, but it is this deep communion that we have with the Father. And Paul says we have peace with God uh, through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we also, that's verse 2, Uh, We have also obtained access by faith into his grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Uh, Through him, uh, that is through our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, we have have, uh, obtained access, uh, obtained rather access. Uh, And this language again of access is temple language of people who have access to a relationship with God. Uh, If you've crossed the line of faith, if you have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, that he has dealt with your sin, that is the reality for you, Paul says. Uh, We're going to, for the sake of time, jump over uh, to our first point. So that is the context uh, that Paul has been speaking. He's been speaking about how God works 
in restoring our faith. But he goes on to make an argument for something that something great that God has done. God has done something great for the Christian. He goes back to the past and he reminds us of what God has done. Have a look at verse 6. And as we read, just note how Paul describes our lives before a relationship with Jesus. So this is the past. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. While we were still weak, just at the right time, at the right moment in salvation history, God sent his son. I think you need to up the volume there. Amen. Are you alive? Ah, no, the rain is not going to stop us. Amen. Um, at the right time in salvation history, uh, God came for those who, who were weak. Now, we live in a culture that motivates us, that encourages us, uh, that reminds us that weakness is not a good thing, uh, and we'll never accept uh, this label on ourselves. Uh, but God says, before he steps towards us, uh, before he takes any initiative towards us, we are weak. It, in other words, it means you and I lack the ability to live the life that he has called us to live. We are weak, too weak uh, to do the things uh, that he has called us to. Uh, notice the other word that he uses, which is the word, what is the other word at the end of verse, verse 6? Ungodly. Again, another cast word in our culture. Uh, if someone called you ungodly, or like my, my grand grandmother used to call me uh, when you have been naughty, Satan. Uh, if someone calls you that, it, it stabs in the heart, doesn't it? Uh, that how could you say that of me? Surely, surely I'm not that bad, right? Uh, there are satans out there, uh, but I am, I am, I'm, 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 a, I'm a decent, decent uh, person. Uh, scripture. I uh, would say that the verdict on our lives outside of a relationship with Jesus is that we are ungodly. Now, John Stott was a great writer, uh, and he wrote many books. One of them is uh, the, cross of, um, the Cross of Christ. Um, one of the quotes um, that he says about uh, being ungodly or godlessness is that uh, he says that the scripture is quite clear that the essence of sin is godlessness. It is the attempt to get rid of God. And since this is impossible, uh, the determination to live as though we had succeeded in doing so. Uh, so that is ungodliness. Uh, thinking of our lives and thinking we didn't want nothing to do with God. Uh, we wish that he didn't exist. But because we know that he exists, because we see the evidence around us, what do we do? We live with this determination that our statement is true. Um, we live with that uh, determination. Uh, and so Paul wants to remind us uh, that Christ died for the ungodly. And he goes on to say, and this is the greater thing that, he, that God does. He, he paints a picture for us of human relationships. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare to even die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And that is something great. Um, commentators struggles, struggle uh, with that distinction between a righteous person and a good person. But I think we can think of it this way. A righteous person is perhaps someone like Nelson Mandela, 
you're not related to, righteous in the, in the standards of our world. He's a good guy. If you needed a kidney, if you are still alive, maybe, maybe you consider giving it to him. Uh, perhaps not. Um, but if this, this was somebody close to you, if this was your brother, you surely want to, to give your lives um, to them, isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> what? I would give my, I think, I would give my kidney to uh, my older brother. Um, yes. My younger brother will have to negotiate. Um, <laughs> family life is complex. Um, but, but that's what Paul, Paul says, that perhaps for somebody who's close to you, a good person, one would even dare to die. Um, we have these stories in, in society of human love, uh, one of which is Zikaya Sitole's story. And this is a guy who lives in Orange Farm. One day he was passing by a shack that was burning, and he heard the screams of, um, of um, a child. He went in in heroic effort, didn't know this person, and went to draw uh, one kid out. Um, as he did that, he had more screams. There was another child in there, and he went in into that burning shack um, to, to save him. Now, if you Google Zikaya Sitole, you see that his face is disfigured. Uh, he used to work in welding, I think. He can't use his hands anymore because of this heroic, uh, heroic effort. Uh, that is the story of human love, the extent of human love. I'm not sure if he's related to those kids, but it is such a beautiful, beautiful picture. Uh, it is uh, small in comparison to what uh, Christ has done uh, because God says, or rather Paul says um, in verse 8, <laughs> that God shows his love for us in that while we are still sinners, Christ died for us. Um, how mind-boggling is that? Uh, that in that moment when we are weak, when we wanted nothing to do with God, uh, God sent his son Jesus into our world uh, to come take upon himself the punishment for our sins, uh, the shame of our sin. He bowed at the cross when we were sinners. Uh, just the, I mean, think about your enemy just right now. I'm not sure who, who that is. Uh, perhaps someone who's betrayed you. Uh, perhaps someone who backstabbed you. Whatever the case may be, when, whenever a sermon is preached on forgiveness, this is the person that you think about. Paul says it is that it's inconceivable for human love for you to die for that kind of person. But God demonstrates in his great love in, in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ came to die for us. Uh, John Stott says, for the essence of sin is man substituting himself for God, while the essence of salvation is God substituting himself for men. Man asserts himself against God and puts himself where only God deserves to be. God sacrifices himself for a man for men and puts himself where only man deserves to be. And Paul uh, makes sure that we understand that love, that it is great. It is greater than any human love, any love that we can imagine. This is the great thing that God has done for us, for you and for me. And so in this section, chapter 5 to 8, Paul continues to remind Christians of this deep love that God shows um, towards us. Uh, so that is something great that God has done. But if he can do this great thing, 
how much more can you do the lesser? Somebody say, how much more? Since, therefore, reading from the ESV, we read in verse 9 and 10. Since, therefore, we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we are reconciled, sorry, for while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by his life. Uh, the NIV says, since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath that's coming through? Human love is, um, at its best, you sacrifice yourself for somebody. God's love, at its best, is God's um, sending his son uh, to people who do not want anything to do with, um, anything to do with him. If he can do that, how much more would he continue to hold on to us uh, to the very end? Uh, how much more will he continue to hold those who have been called his children to the very end? Uh, how much more will he hold us until then? And I think the, the Bible commends us, it reminds us uh, that the only way for us to have lasting faith is to look at this God who has our back to the very last hour so as to survive this very minute. Uh, that is the gospel message, that we look uh, at the past, at what God has done, and we can trust that if he came to us when we were sinners, he's going to remain with us uh, in this life. He's going to hold on to us uh, in our falling uh, as we run back to him, as we even as our normal order of service uh, reminds us that we ought to come every time confessing our sins before God because you and I will fail him. Uh, but we need to remember that he came towards us when we were failing him. How much more will he continue with us? Uh, Paul reminds us that that's not a license uh, to sin, but that is a motivation for us to embrace God. Uh, Reggie told us last year that we can hold on to God because he holds on to us. Amen. That is the beauty of uh, the Christian story. And the way Paul landed uh, with the four minutes that we have left. Um, have a look at verse 11. I'll read it from verse 10, um, because um, Paul reminds us that God will rescue us in the end from the coming wrath, uh, because he's worked in the past. So we can trust him in the here now. For if, while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we have been reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Uh, the Lord Jesus died for our sin. We were united with him in his death. He rose again to life. We are united to him in his resurrection, meaning that the same power that is at work, or was at work in raising Jesus, the Holy Spirit is the same power that lives in you, a free gift from him, and that same power will empower you uh, to live uh, the Christian life. And so we should have this attitude of rejoicing. Uh, that is where Paul landed, that we should 
rejoice. And three times he's told us to rejoice. In fact, four times, um, or rather five times in uh, Romans, he talks about rejoicing. And, or rather, the word that is used there is the word boasting. Now, that word has negative connotations, doesn't it? To boast is to have a, a big chest. Uh, nobody likes an arrogant person, isn't it? Uh, to boast is, I don't know if you've seen um, that Netflix documentary of Kanye West, of how his mother pumps him with this confidence. And you like, this guy, before he was famous, he was pumped, like he had a big chest. And Paul says, you need to have a big chest. Somebody say, I need to have a big chest. But now... Elsewhere, in chapter 2, Paul says, stop having a big chest. So, so what is it, Paul? What, what are you talking about? Um, elsewhere, in chapter 5, verse 2 and 3, firstly, he says, we must have a big chest because of the hope that we have in what God has done. And then he says, we must have a big chest because of um, the sufferings we experience. That sounds weird. Um, there's not really an English name that captures this idea of boasting that's both negative and positive. Uh, earlier on, Paul says we ought not to boast in our law obedience. We ought not to boast in our ability to obey God in chapter 2. And here he says we ought to boast in what God has done. We ought to have a big chest in what God has done. You know when you know your father is a somebody? <laughs> when you walk around you, like you, you walk around thinking that I'm also a somebody, but it has nothing to do with you very often. It has everything to do with your dad. And daddy has your bag. Daddy had your bag in the past. He will have your bag in the future, saving you from the coming wrath. Wrath is coming, and therefore you can have a big chest in the here and now and say, I'm going to have a Befana Befana Jay-Z kind of faith. Amen. I'm going to pray and hand over to Royden as, we, um, as he leads us in communion. Just straight after communion, Tepang will lead us in a song, if, but do feel free um, to head out, uh, um, but feel free to join us as well as we remember the cross. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you. Uh, we thank you that uh, as creatures who deserve your wrath, your judgment uh, for all of eternity, uh, that you chose to step in into the world that you created, a world that rejected you, uh, that you chose uh, to send your son uh, to take upon himself our dead, um, our sin, our shame, uh, that we can be called children, children of God. Uh, how much more, O oh Lord, as children, will you continue to preserve us? I pray that we would have this deep confidence in that uh, this coming year. Through Christ our Lord we ask. Amen.